in the midst of crisis in our lives, we have to be cautious to avoid these following mistakes because all of us are going to make mistakes in life. But the three most common ones that we make in a crisis situation. You are listening to airjesus.com and the online word.com. This message is number 6290. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. we can just open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the sweetness of your spirit in this place, oh God. Father, I thank you for being so real to us, Lord God, that we can taste you, oh God. You said in your word, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, Father. So we take this time simply to thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, oh God. We thank you for your compassion, We thank you for your kindness, oh God. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord God, for the purity of who you are. Father, I thank you for being our great hope. I thank you for being our blessed redeemer. I thank you for being everything that we can ever ask for or think, Lord. I thank you for being the fire in our hearts for being the renewer of our minds, oh God. Father, I thank you for being the very strength of our bodies. Lord God, I just thank you so very much for allowing us to come into your house at this divine moment, oh God, to feast at your word, Lord. And Father, the prayer of my heart is that the words of my mouth, the very meditations of my heart, May they be pleasing in your sight. I thank you for your spirit dwelling among us tonight. And we give you all honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. I thank God for this day. I thank God for knowing Jesus for myself. I thank God that in the midst of everything that we experience and we encounter in life, I thank God that he prepares us for it. I tell you, God woke me up when Pastor C. Elijah called me and he gave me the word for this house for tonight. And how many of y'all know when God gives you a word, the word will be tried. The word will be tried. God gave me two words for this house. The first word was crisis. The second word was management. Crisis management. Little did I know on my way here tonight, I run into a crisis of the Atlanta Braves and the New York Yankees. But it certainly helps to be from Atlanta. I maneuvered my way around some back streets and found my way here. But I thank God that he knows everything that we'll encounter and he'll prepare us in advance. So I just come to tell you that this word that I'm going to share is tried. It is tried. I like to share a joke with you in the spirit of Pastor C. Elijah. Now, y'all can't tell him I told you this, but most of his good material he gets from me. So times when he invites me, I have to ask him, I say, Pastor, you you hadn't shared this, have you? So I don't think he has shared this one, but it's about a Catholic boy's confession. 
The boy says, bless me, father, for I have sinned. I've been with a loose girl. The priest asks, is that you, little Pepito Garcia? Yes, father, it is. The priest asks him, and who was the girl that you were with? Pepito replies, I can't tell you, father. I don't want to ruin her reputation. Well, Pepito, I'm sure to find out her name sooner or later, so you may as well tell me now. Was it Tina Mendez? I cannot say. Was it Teresa Morales? I'll never tell. Was it Nina Cantu? I'm sorry, but I cannot name her. Was it Patty Perez? My lips are sealed. Was it Rosita de Leon then? Please, Father, I cannot tell you. The priest sighs in frustration. You're very tight-lipped, and I admire that. But you've sinned, and you have to atone. You can't be an altar boy now for four months. Now you go and behave yourself. Pepito walks back to his pew and his friend Pancho slides over and whispers to him, what'd you get? And Pepito replied, four months vacation and five good leads. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Where we're going for the word of the Lord tonight. Pepito was a wise man. Acts chapter 27. We're going to draw out a few verses here. Starting with verse number nine, the word of the Lord says, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And let's skip down to verse 21. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. And then down in verse 39, it says, when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go the anchors and let them into the sea. Meanwhile, loosing the rudder ropes and they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground And the prow stuck fast and remained immovable, but the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. And for the few moments that I have with you, I'd just like to share from the subject of crisis management. Everybody say crisis management. management. Now, have you ever met someone who doesn't deal well with crisis? Are you a person that doesn't deal well with crisis sometimes? All of us have our moments. But one thing I've learned about crisis and people is that a person has only as much character and integrity as they have in a crisis situation. 
Here, here are a few questions that, that cropped up. When money is tight, are you tempted to steal? Now, I'll be honest, there are times when I've gone through some financial hardships and at the end of the year, I get my little tithing report and I say, God, my goodness, what I could have done with this money to fix my situation. But God speaks to me and corrects me very quickly because a person has only as much character and integrity as they have in a crisis situation. How about for the business owners? What about when your profit margin isn't looking like you want it to? There's always a temptation to cut corners, do, do, do things that, that, that might adjust things to, to more in your favor. How about when it gets warm in your relationship? I know everybody in here, y'all have wonderful pastors who set a wonderful example. I know that nobody ever has trouble in their relationships. Uh, that's, that's people at the church down the street. But, you know, there's always this temptation when things get warm to just leave and say, forget it. How about when your kids act up? Now, my son recently turned one and, and I just loved when he was so immobile. When he, you could just put him there and he just stay where you left him and you can go do what you want to do. But that's not the case anymore. But how about when they act up and that temptation rises up to, 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 to drive off in the middle of nowhere and just drop them off? I know y'all, that's never crossed your mind. How about when you get a negative report from a doctor? And you begin to doubt God and his ability to be able to heal you. How about when your employer comes to you with a with a bright red piece of paper? Some might call it a pink slip. But there's this temptation to cuss him or her out. I know y'all y'all don't this doesn't cross your mind. And, and, and you tell them where they can put their job. But let me just tell you that despite the circumstances and situations that arise in your life, God has given us his wisdom and he's given us a strategy to overcome anything that we'll ever face. We can, we can deal with crisis effectively, just like Paul handled this crisis so well. And I, I just love Paul to death because Paul handled his business. Paul, Paul told him, Paul could have, Paul, you know, Paul could have said, I told you so. But I mean, he, 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 he sort of did it in a polite way. He said, y'all should have listened to me. I, 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 I tried to tell y'all that, that this was not a good move, but Paul handled this crisis so well. And I want us to go through some of that. But before we get there, let's just look at a few crisis situations. OK. All right. Let's 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 use the current economic downturn example as, as a crisis situation. Now, we would all agree that our current economic state is a crisis for some or a lot of people. Right. Yes. OK. Now, for those people who were caught off guard by uh, the financial crisis, they should have implored the wisdom that God has already given us in the book of Proverbs, chapter six. Verse six through eight says, go to the ant, you sluggard, you lazy son of a gun. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Now, the ant didn't spend all he had when times were good. The ant put some away for a rainy day. The ant didn't panic when famine came. Because he was disciplined, he was diligent to store up and store away and stash away when things were going well. And I just pray to God that we would have the wisdom of an ant in our day and time now. Let's look at another crisis situation, shall we? And you have this jailer who was sleeping on the job. Sleeping on the job and he wakes up and he sees that all the doors in the prison are open. He assumed everybody had left. And because of that, he was about to take his own life. 
Any, any, anybody ever felt like the jailer, like things were just so bad that death just seems like the best option? Maybe it's just me. When I read through this, this reminded me of a time when I was in high school doing some ungodly things and I was on the verge of being arrested. And I remember the cop coming back over to the car and he said, the only thing that I'm going to do is call your parent. I said, please take me to jail. <laughs> please, please, please take me to jail. I, I would rather go to jail than to have to deal with my mama. Honestly. But in this passage, I love here we have Paul again. He's serving as a voice of comfort. In verse 28, he says, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Don't hurt yourself. Chill out. It's all right. We're all here. Everybody's cool. But can you imagine if this was the modern day and time and you were the wife of this jailer who almost lost his job? He had to go home and say, baby, uh, I got something to tell you. And she said, what's going on? And he said, baby, I, I, I got fired today. And she said, well, I mean, they cut back. What happened? Well, you know um, what had happened was. I kind of fell asleep and I woke up and everybody was gone when I woke up. So, um, you know, you just have to be careful and guarded in crisis situations. In the midst of crisis in our lives, we have to be cautious to avoid these following mistakes. Because all of us are going to make mistakes in life. But the three most common ones that we make in a crisis situation. Number one is staying too long. Sometimes we can be guilty of staying in a place too long just for security's sake. Just, just, just out of a feeling of obligation, just out of tradition. But it's, it, it, it can be a curse to stay in a place too long. Secondly, at the same time, it can be a curse to leave too soon. Somebody can pull, pull their money out of, out of a stock right before it hits big because they get timid. But you can stay too long and you can leave too soon. I got a friend of mine who is a young married man with a young child as well and he had a wonderful full-time job at a bank. And another buddy of ours went to him and said, hey man, you know, I got this new gig going on. You can come over here and work with me. Wisdom, my mama and daddy raised me to be wise enough to say, don't leave a current job until you got a guarantee of another job. So based on this boy's words, he left his place too soon. And finds himself unemployed, hurting his family. It was a terrible situation to chase a pipe dream. But you can sometimes leave too soon. You can stay too long. You can leave too soon. And the third thing that we have to avoid is to not take advantage of the present. People don't take advantage of the present. We all know people who live in what used to be. You know, some, some of my boys and some of my friends from back in the day, they, they, they were the greatest thing in high school and they still are living in that day. I'm like, grow up, man. Time is moving. We got families. We got things to do. We got things to accomplish. But they talk about how bad they were back in the day, how they were the man, how they were the woman. Time is moving on. Then you got people who, who, who just think about what will be. You know, they drive past these billboards throughout the city. And see the lotto numbers just going up and say, man, if I had that kind of money, boy, I, 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 I definitely give some to my church. I, 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 you know, I, I take care of my family. I do that. So I, I, you know, I do that. But they live in the what will be. So you got people on one extreme on what was. You got people on the other extreme on what will be. But we have to focus on what is because God meets us right where we are with what is. 
So from the story that we read, the question that comes to us is, what do you do when you find yourself in the midst of a crisis? In a physical crisis, in an emotional crisis, in a, in a, in a relationship crisis, in a financial crisis, even in a career crisis. What, what do you do? I'd like to offer a simple five-step plan to you. As Pastor James said, I'm, I'm very practical. I'm very practical. I've lived through enough crisis in my life to know that these things work. The first step in the plan, which we draw right from the scriptures, is to stay calm. Stay calm. Simply stay calm. Because you can't gain control of a situation until you first gain control of yourself. You got to stay calm. Chill out. I don't know how many of y'all used to watch A Different World back in the day, but that used to be one of my favorite shows. And I guess it really touched my heart because I bumped into Jasmine Guy a couple weeks ago at a restaurant. And I, 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 I was just, I'm telling you, wow. But I remember one episode, I can't remember what was going on, but she was stressed out about something. And she said, what you got to do is relax, relate, release. Relax, relate, release. Relax, relate, release. We all have to be like Whitley Gilbert's to just learn how to relax, just to be calm. Now, had I been stressed out about getting here tonight, I probably would have been sweating, saying, oh, my God, they're going to think I stood them up. What in the world? I was calm. I said, this too shall pass. I say, God, open up the ways. The normal way I came was blocked off, but we just kept coming. I stayed calm. We have to be like ducks. I don't know if you've ever seen ducks, but ducks are calm when you see them. They, they just smooth. They, 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 ducks are like a Cadillac on water. They just, they just smooth sailing. But they are calm on the surface. But if you ever get beneath the surface, they're kicking like the dickens. They're just paddling. But you have to stay calm, calm on the surface, but kicking like the dickens underneath. And Paul was able to be the man because he knew how to remain calm. God knew that Paul would remain calm. He was level-headed. So the first step is you have to stay calm. Secondly, you have to stay committed. Everybody say committed. Committed. You have to stay committed to your purpose. You have to stay committed to your goals, your aspirations, your dreams. The Bible says, though it tarry, wait for it. And God gave me this word and I write it down if I were you. God spoke to me and said that your commitment level will determine your contentment level. Your commitment level will determine your contentment level. How much are you willing to be committed? Because the things that you commit to are the things that ultimately bring you the greatest contentment in your life. The famous coach Vince Lombardi said that the quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence, regardless of their chosen field of endeavor. The word believe literally means to commit to. You only believe the things that you're willing to commit yourself to. So you have to stay calm. You have to stay committed. Paul was committed to this trip. The third thing you have to do is you have to stay connected. You have to stay connected. You have to stay calm. You have to stay committed and you have to stay connected in the midst of crisis. That's not a time to give up on God. You have to stay connected to God and stay connected to the God ordained relationships that are in your life, because it's only when we're connected to God that that his power can flow in us and through us. We have to remain connected. It's imperative that we remain connected because ultimately our connection to the father determines how we connect with everybody else. 
So if that connection is messed up, all of these will be messed up. And part of that connection is to cultivate relationship. You don't just want to spend time or, 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 or uh, call on people just when you need something. You got to cultivate relationships and spend time getting to know people and connecting through different areas of their life, their family, their children, their hobbies, their jobs, their dreams, what they're working on. You have to stay connected. Everybody say connected. You have to stay calm. You have to stay committed. You have to stay connected. Fourthly, you have to stay concerned. You have to stay concerned, stay concerned, concerned about the things that God cares about, because a lot of times things can happen to us and we'll allow our hearts to wax cold. We can't allow that to happen. We have to constantly ask God to fill us with his perspective and fill us with his compassion. We have to fill ourselves with things that ignite and inspire our passion because passion is the thing that you go after. You can have all the information in the world, but if you don't have any passion, I can have a a DVD library at home of uh, exercises and proper eating habits and all that type of thing. But if I I can have the information, but without the passion, I'm not going to do anything with it. People can send me all kind of stuff about you know, uh, P90X and all this other stuff and all these wonderful diet plans. But if I'm not passionate about it, it's just going to sit there. You have to avoid apathy. I think one of the greatest curses of our generation is apathy. You know, we, we just live in a culture now where, where young people are, I don't know and I don't care. You know, I, 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 I don't know, I don't care. I've got a niece who I love to death. She's probably the smartest of my nieces. And I think... She's gotten to a point where she's starting to feel a little bit ashamed of being smart because it's sort of cool to be ignorant. And so I'll ask her a question about something and she's like, I don't know. I don't know. That's her famous thing. I don't know, Uncle Jay. I don't know. That's not cool. You have to stay concerned. Don't grow apathetic. Because if you do, you won't passionately pursue your God given purpose. And there's something, there's a reason that God brought us all here. Everybody's not meant to be Barack Obama. Everybody's not meant to be Martin Luther King. But each of us have a role to play. If you do nothing more than raise your family well, job well done. I think that pleases God. You know, sometimes we have this this idea about what life is about and how it has to be big and grand. But something, the smallest thing, Jesus even said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me also. You have to stay calm. You have to stay committed. You have to stay connected. You have to stay concerned. And number five, you have to stay consistent. Because consistency is the true mark of growth and maturity. You know, at times when I uh, talk Pastor C. Elijah and even Minister Dexter into getting on the basketball court, and, and, and they might see that 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 my jump shot is just dropping. It's 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 just falling. That 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 my three pointer is on. They'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I've been consistent in practicing my shot. You have to be consistent. We have to stay consistent, and you got to be consistent in the godly habits and the routine that you've established. So here are a few areas I just encourage you to be consistent in. Number one, you have to be consistent in your prayer life. Prayer is the foundation of everything that we do. That's our connection to heaven. If we're not consistent in that, nothing else will work. Secondly, we have to stay consistent in our study of the word of God. We have to consistently do it. We have to consistently do it. 
Thirdly, we have to stay consistent in our tithing and our offering unto God. We have to be givers. God, God doesn't say, I understand you got a, you got a tough thing going on, so you can just take a quick little break and uh, just get back with me once things start rolling again. No, no, no. We have to stay consistent in our tithing. Next, we have to stay consistent in our love. Our love towards one another. We have to stay consistent in our love. All of our time is gone. Um, I don't know where the time went, but if you'd like to hear the remainder of this message, you can go to airjesus.com. Thank you again for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. The sense message number 6290 by Jason Thomas. To send this message, crisis management. Number 6290, to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6290. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.